Uh, did you used to do, get Dunkaroos when you were when you were growing up? Never, never. I was never allowed them either. So I don't yeah. really know if this if this is an actual change. But I did see them in the store the other day, and mm-hmm. I didn't even know they were still a thing, to be honest. And uh, the cookie is now sort of a medallion shape with a D on it. And I thought maybe it was a kangaroo. Maybe that was just in the commercials that the kangaroo was the mascot. But I thought that you dipped little kangaroos in that in the fudge they gave you or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I remember. It was, I mean, I remember it was like, um, yeah, like a, a kangaroo that they change on the box. Sometimes you'd have that. Like, I'm sure not everyone wears that hat. That uh, <laughs> you know, the one side is up. And the yes. other side is flat. I'm sure not everyone wears that, but he did. I remember the that. Crocodile Dundee hat. He had one of those. And yeah. He's like, this isn't a cookie. This is a cookie. Yeah. But are they? I guess they're cookies. Yeah, I guess they're just cookies. They have to be cookies. But yeah, I thought they used to be shaped like the the kangaroo. So it's uh, just they, a. They it's seem just to a, have. Yeah. Exactly. Just a, it's just a D now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, terrible. Right, they've lost all the the kangaroo branding has dropped. They've lost it all, and now it's just a, a medallion with a D on there. So yeah, kind of it's kind of sad that, to see that going away. You know, like, speaking of uh, Australia, real quick, not to interrupt, but yeah, go speaking ahead. of Australia, uh, one of the people I work with uh, <laughs> was like, because I was trying to do an Australian accent, it just wasn't coming to me, mm-hmm. and so they said, "Oh, you know, if you say R and R." Uh, that's like an Australian person saying, oh, no. And I tried it out, and indeed it is. R&R. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, weird. Holy shit. Like, for this, <laughs> wow, it's like 13th Warrior for me. So the first time you said it, <laughs> I heard, like, R&R. But then R&R. all of a sudden, I, then I heard the oh, no, and I was like, holy crap, I can now translate Australian. <laughs> yep, that's your Rosetta r R and R. That one goes out to you, James. You know who you are. <laughs> Please Finally. don't be mad at us. Yeah, well, I mean, we're just trying it. Yeah, we're just trying it. Hey, everyone. Editor John here. We totally forgot to invoke the rights of the spoiler witch during this episode, so I'm splicing in in here, so you know that this episode is covered and protected from all spoilies. Spoilers, spoilers, double boilers, uh, cauldrons burn, and secrets bubble. Of course, in, in the rites and passages handed down to us by our ancestors, the spoiler witch has been invoked, and we will be safe uh, tonight. Woo! Let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans, uh huh. You don't really wanna miss Pop Socket, stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. And the ring of power perceived. It's time had now come. He's abandoned. The original owners of the intellectual property rights for broadcast television. But something happened then the ring did not intend. It was picked up 
by the most unlikely creature imaginable. What's this? Jeff Bezos of Amazon. For the time will soon come when Jeff Bezos and his dick rockets will shape the fortunes of all. <laughs> okay, that's right. You heard her correctly. Uh, today we're giving our first impressions of the epic two-part premiere of Amazon. <laughs> Amazon's The Lord of the Rings, The Rigs of Power. I am Forrest, and I am joined as always by John Bombadil. Hey, Dull, Mary Dull, Ring-a-Dong-Dillo, are you ready to go? It, it's, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember any uh, uh, Tom Bombadil uh, specific quotes. Uh, I mean, I remember quotes about him, but I don't remember. Sure. I was like, let me start singing one of Tom Bombadil's dillies, you know, like <laughs> yeah. ditties. He's like, I'm a Tom Bombadil. I'm a Bombadil yep. down this hill. Bombadil be doing this. Don't come over here. Mess with my vest. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great one. That's one that's out of the book. You have to read the Sibyrillion uh, uh, <laughs> to get that one. Yeah, good luck with that. But yeah, the first part <laughs> the first part of that quote is 100% from one of his great songs, uh, except the Are You Ready to Go part. Uh, that is not in the original text. So, well, you know, I had to, I I had to you know embellish it a little bit to make it a little bit more uh, concise for today's audience. Oh, of course, yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta zhuzh it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Some people like a wet ham sandwich. Some people like a wet ham sandwich with mayo. You know, that's kind of what that was. Like a wet ham. Uh, that sounds awful. Just uh, in I mean, general. I think most ham sandwiches, like when you get them, like that deli slice, it's just wet. So doesn't yeah, it doesn't really taste wet. like anything. So that's why I just call it a wet ham sandwich. It could be the best ham ever, and I'm still gonna be like, mm, I think that's wet. Yeah. yeah. I was at uh, Jersey Mike's the other day and they oh, I'm sorry. I, oh well there you go. I was trying to uh it's convenient, so I go there sometimes, but uh I was trying to ask for an Italian uh sub with no ham on it, and they were like, The boiled ham? You don't want the boiled ham on there? I'm like, oh, it's now I know why it's wet. It's boiled. It's just like no, I don't want boiled ham on my sandwich. Thank you. Yeah, you just literally said why I don't want it on my sandwich. Well, this one's good. We take we skim off the scum, and that, and then we put it back on when the sandwich is all done. You want you don't want boiled ham scum on your sandwich? Yum 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 yum. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh. But before we get too far into stuff, John, you had mentioned that you were cracking a uh, a bit of podcast fuel for today's show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get this going. Oh shit! It's oh no. <laughs> oh, oh, no! no! Okay, I got it. 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 <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, John, why don't you tell us what you got? Well, let's see. Um, since we're talking about Tolkien, I figured we'd go to England. And I am drinking an English pale ale known as Old Speckled Hen. It's very oh, distinctive. Nice. It's established in the 17th, 1711. Tastes like it. It's actually really good. And it's real cheap beer. But I love it. Speckled well, there Hen. There you go. Speckled Hen. A little plug for Speckled Hen. 
on today's Pop Saga. I am drinking an original concoction by me. It's a, today we're, I don't know exactly what it's called. I guess we'll just call it the Ring of Power. Uh, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> so this is a little bit, this is two shots of bourbon uh, with a shot of sweet and sour mix topped off with guava nectar. And uh, it gives it a del- delightful orange color, just like the, uh, the the rich gold of the Ring of Power and the flames of Sauron's face eye thing. Yeah, was he just an eye in a suit? Or was that something more he was doing? I don't uh, know. I mean, I don't think... I don't think in the original text is my understanding that there was supposed to be an eye on a tower. I don't think that's, I think that's a, a holy Peter Jackson uh, uh, configuration there. Yeah, well, it works. I guess you need to have that all seeing eye and might as well make it quite literal. Yeah, but, I guess so. Well, anyway, cheers to you and cheers, cheers to J.R. Tolkien. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Did you headbutt your uh, microphone? Yeah, well, I, I I tried to clink it with the glass, and uh, that is not uh, not good. <laughs> so oh, <fair laughs> what enough. are we supposed to do? <laughs> it, it sounds real bad on the old mic. Uh, yeah. So here yeah. we are. Well, I guess. So I, I, I scarfed down like an, uh, a buffalo chicken wing before I grabbed my beer, mm. and it was on the outside of the can because I got a real spicy kick. From something oh, yeah? that does not exist. So let's hope. Let us hope that that is indeed a chicken wing and not some sort of weird uh, ghost pepper they've added to your speckled hen. What was in that speckled hen is what I want to ask. Water, surliness. Yeah. Surliness. <laughs> yeah. Bad weather. Yep. Dreariness. Um, Bangers and mash. Oh, well, God save the queen. A double-decker bus. I mean, one of the seals on here is creating beers of distinction. That's right. Filled with the flavors of Piccadilly Square. Circus. God damn it. Town Twin twin Malt. Damn, you need better font. Twin Malt. Four Hop Brew. All right, whatever. We've We've got two malts. And the crystal clear waters of the Thames in here. That that was a little crunchy. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's been described to me. My uh, friend Harrison brought it over this weekend. um, And he brought it to me last time. I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. He's like, yeah, it's like the cheap stuff they drink over in England. I was like, well, this is pretty good. This beats Budweiser. Like, it just beats it. I didn't oh, really have well. a like for it. It's just, it's just really bitter. The can is kind of Budweiser-y. It's red and white. It's just missing the blue. So mm. Interesting. So it's it sounds like it's a pretty low bar. Yeah, low it's not, bar that's not hard. It does taste like beer versus John, hop water. I've got one question to ask you before I take your, uh, your jolly old London town card away. Okay. Uh, are you drinking it at cellar temp? It's only good at cellar temp, isn't it? Isn't it? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd fumble on your own petard. Oh, I've been hoisted by my own petard. God save the queen Piccadilly Circus and all that. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, uh, we always say God save the queen Piccadilly Circus. 
<laughs> Nanu, Nanu. You Big know, all our famous things. Yeah. Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. <laughs> famous Brit, Ving Rhames. Famous Brit. Oh, from across the pond, salty old Ving Rhames. Yeah, of course. You see him all the time. Go, go on. Oh, I saw him at the chippy the other day. It was, uh, mm. he was getting a papa dump. Yeah, he was not just a popper dope, but he was also just bathing his fish in malt. Uh, he doesn't yeah. even like the skin on his fish. That's how much malt he put on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Remind me after this, check our demographics. Make sure that I don't have to cut all this out. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably love it. Oh, Doctor Who, oh, faulty towers and all that. Our two greatest exports. What about the multi pythons flying circus? We don't count them. So do you do you drink it at cellar temp, John? I know I drink it in American, so cold. Cold, yeah, yeah, smart. And also to be fair, all the beer I had while I was out there was also. <laughs> I was worried. Mm. I was just like, oh no. Like, this is going to be, like, room temperature beer. I can't do it. But, no, it was very cold, very tasty. Actually, really good beer over there. Yeah. So, They're like, uh, oh, look, here comes a yank. Better break out the stuff we keep in the fridge. How yeah. long has it been in there? Yeah, two, oh. three hours. <laughs> oh, when I put it in there, the queen was still a young woman. <laughs> oh, yanks. Yeah, vintage beer. Mm-hmm. No, it, it it was good, and it was cold. So I'm drinking it cold because, like I said, in San Francisco, it is like the Eye of Sauron is right outside my office. It's, it's beating down. It's got the Eye of Sauron has t- has turned its eye towards San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going to have to go uh, 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 shield sledding to a colder part of this world. <laughs> Great. Love it. (laughs) Very well done. Uh, Yeah, so there you go. You're welcome, England. Um, Congratulations on your new PM. Oh, yeah, that just happened. Oh, it's going to go down into Downey Street. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it all tracks to me. It's going to Parliament. Talk to the other MPs. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, England. JK, USA forever. How do you like them taxes? I don't know. What is a good way of like bringing up the... The uh, the revolution and uh, <laughs> the Revolutionary War. Just slap and, a uh, box release... of tea in oh, the water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no taxation without representation. You hear that, King George? Oh. Bringing up more old wounds. That's all you're doing. Yeah, you redcoats coming around my house. Got a knock on my door. Pull down my knickers and give me a spanking. Ooh, this ring of power is strong. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that we. I was gonna be like, damn, you sure that didn't doesn't contain like the nine rings for man, seven rings for dwarves? No, because <laughs> all the of them were de- all of them were deceived. This is the one. This has got the real power in it, and it is just like, whoa. 
the power. Gollum, that's why Gollum was in that cave for so long. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, whoa, man. How long has it been? Oh, man, I feel terrible. That's what the next <laughs> Gollum needs to sound like. You know, they're coming out with that game that's like not based on the movie, and it's not based on the books, really. And it's just like, hey, everybody. Have you ever wanted, uh, do you like Lord of the Rings? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That beautiful, giant world that you just can't wait to explore? Oh, this yeah, sounds great. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't wait. Uh, how would you like to play Gollum? <laughs> he can't fight. He just sneaks, and, he lives, and he's naked most of the time, and you can see most of his bones. Gollum, the ultimate power fantasy. Okay, says so. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, that seems. Um, why can't they just remake those? You remember uh, what was it? EA or someone that yeah. had like those Lord of Rings fun games that were just those like, were. Yeah, the ones that were based on the movies and had yeah. multiplayer were so fun. Th- those were the best. I mean, you know, and so it's like you know, like uh, Shadow of Mordor and all that stuff for its own way. But the the, the other one was just so much better. You could play almost as everybody who you want to play as. And it was fun as you know AF. Yes, it was super but, fun. Do you remember though the the game? The, so they ran out of movies eventually. The movies stopped coming out. They're like, ah, yep. crap. We still bought this license. We still got the license. We still got to make money. And so they made an entirely original game with original characters that were like, like, oh yeah, you remember all the characters you love and all the cool experiences they had? Well, guess what? There was another team, uh, another fellowship <laughs> that Gandalf put together doing stuff on the side. You know, when you after you guys ran away, I guess, and didn't see what, uh, Gandalf fighting the uh, Balrog, a bunch of, like, four other jobbers showed up, and they were like, we'll help you, Gandalf! <laughs> Such a bad game. Uh, well, you know, it's just like, who is that over there? Is that Aragorn? No. It's Garagorn. Garagorn, yeah. <laughs> And that yeah, is also a ranger. That isn't Gimli, that is Gimme. <laughs> Legolas is Arminass. Yeah, might there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Legolas and Arminass. Yep. Yeah. That yep. that tracks with how they uh they they name uh elves in the series. Well, I know I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a, I'm a student of the Tolkien. Of course I yes. know how they named elves. Yes, yes. Not really uh, responsible for that. Not believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Old speckled hen and stalking. <laughs> it's going, <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, but before we get into that, I just want to say uh, happy birthday to Batman the Animated Series. Officially 30 years old. Time to start thinking about that retirement account. Yeah, it definitely needs a. It's definitely getting uh, ads to double A R P or whatever, or A double R P or whatever it is. I haven't yeah. got mine yet. I'm just waiting. It's coming soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, no, it needs to really start thinking about that Roth IRA and getting serious. Uh, you know, there's a hey, Batman the animated series is only so long that your fiance is gonna wait before they call off that wedding. <laughs> You can only be engaged for so long. Uh, time to time to put away childish things, Batman in the animated series. But in all seriousness, it's that's uh, it came out thirty years ago 
today when we're recording this is and this is of course memorial day that's uh september the 5th yep can you believe it 30 or 1992 no no i can't believe it yeah. like it's so it's so good how can it how can something so good be so old at this point and still it, holds up still so good yeah i don't really think there's been a like a televised kid show or especially i i won't say with all cartoons because whatever but definitely concerning batman that's been as impactful as the animated series but i think you're right on the money there yes yeah. Batas, uh groundbreaking animated show and uh just hit its 30s so you know what your days of partying are behind you there Batas. Yep. time to get your sh- shite in gear yeah, you're gonna have to start uh, stretching for no reason because your oh, yeah. shoulder's just gonna hurt. Oh, it's just gonna hurt. What? Wh- what do you mean? I got tennis elbow from playing video games, but yeah. it can happen. Oh yeah, it's gonna come up, and you're gonna discover foods you can no longer eat, or like r- oh, really yeah. mess up your stomach. Like it just, you know, the wheels are coming off pretty much. So. Oh yeah, did you used to be able to eat anything? <laughs> <laughs> Now you're going to have to look out because there are some things that are going to give you gas. And if yep. you eat those in a public setting, uh-oh, you're going to yep. have to either, you're going to have uh, a very loud churning stomach for over the course of the, the rest of the social engagement, or you're going to have to sneak off, find somewhere to fart, and hope to God no one walks through your crop dusting. Yeah, like, I mean, you're just a couple years away from not being able to trust said fart. Like, you're going to... Yeah, there, you should stop trusting it now. I'm just yeah, saying. just to be safe. Like, in fact, if you feel like you have to, just go to the bathroom, sit on the toilet, take care of business there because you you'll never know. Don't trust it. You Don't only have it. right. You know what? You got to start saving, and suddenly that money that you spend on Hanes is going to be that's some precious Hanes money that you're giving away. You can't jettison. You can't keep jettisoning your your uh, underpants, throwing that's them it. in the the bathroom, the public bathroom garbage, and going commando, hoping no one notices. Yeah, hope that you don't get a a second like you know a second coming, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You 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 know you dispense a bunch of paper towels and try to put them on top of your shame underpants. <laughs> we we laugh because we know at some <laughs> at some point everyone is thrown out their underwear in the does bathroom trash. Fam- does this sound <laughs> oddly specific? Oh, I don't know why that would be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Next, you're not going to be able to drink like. Uh, anything with caffeine after like twelve o'clock, or you're gonna stay oh, up yeah. all night. Yeah, you're yeah. Just... You want to start ditching that afternoon coffee because otherwise, yeah, you're just gonna be you're you're only going to get f- six hours of sleep instead of eight, and you'll wake up like and you want to die. <laughs> yeah, you like you'll need it. You're gonna wake up looking like a nad school for sure. <laughs> so like, yeah, just 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 know that you know you're an adult now, Bataz, and um. We're glad that we got to see you grow up, but, you know, just start being a little bit more responsible about yourself. Yep, I agreed. Uh, another little piece of pop culture news I want to bring up is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but a video surfaced from the, I believe, the Cannes Film Festival. I think it's Cannes. Cannes! <laughs> yep. That one? Uh, I think so. And... Okay. Uh, 
uh, it was of uh, Brendan Fraser getting a, a what it was like a six minute standing ovation for his uh, his new role. Oh, is this his role as Firefly? No. <laughs> it's like, thank God that that was never unreleased. Thank God. <sighs> no, what was this for? Uh, it was for his new, oh, geez, what is it called? Uh, or is it, uh, is it not, uh, cons? Is it, uh, the Aspen Film Festival? I don't know. Uh, obviously I should have, uh, oh, yes. It's the Venice Film Festival. I was wrong both accounts. So the movie that he, uh, received the ovation for was called The Whale. Uh, I don't really know much about it, but... Uh, it's just nice to see Brendan Fraser getting uh, the the plaudits. I think we all agree that he deserves. Oh yeah, totally. He's, I'm glad he's getting his renaissance. You know, in terms of uh, you know, I think he's out of Hollywood for a long time. Apparently, about stuff that he was saying in the past, but now he's kind of getting his uh, his second wind. I'm happy for him. That's cool. Well- that's good. Wait, 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 you said that he was he kind of took himself out of you say he was canceled and he's returned? Yes. Oh no. Yeah, that's I did, not, that, that, I did that was, not hear about this. Yeah, like I mean I don't really want to like I don't want to like uh dunk on the uh the, the funny, but yeah, he was apparently there's some stuff that he wasn't canceled because he did something wrong. He called out something in Hollywood and was canceled for it. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that is uh, that is very unfortunate. Uh, if you're curious out there, The Whale is a 2022 film directed by the master of psychological drama, Darren R. Aronofsky. Oh. And uh, it is about a 600-pound middle-aged man who tries to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter. They grew apart after he abandoned his family for his lover, who later died. And then Charlie, the character played by a Frasier, went on to binge eat out of pain and guilt. And that is all they have under the premise tag in Wikipedia. So there you go. A guy ate a bunch, uh, gained a lot of weight, and now he wants to reconnect with his family who he abandoned. So there you are. Uh, And apparently Brendan Frasier is very good in it. So there you go. Hey, Awesome. Definitely sounds like it's one of those uh, human condition films that I will not watch. Yep. Um. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I you have to really twist my arm to see to to get me to see a Darren Arno- uh, Aronofsky film. I have liked the ones that I have seen. Uh, my wife finally got me to see Black Swan, and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. But uh, I don't know. His movies are challenging uh, to me in a way that is sometimes frustrating and that I don't really like. I didn't really like The Fountain. Uh, that was another one of them. And, uh, uh, you know, to me, they don't kind of make sense. But then I read a lot of uh, very intelligent articles about them, and it just makes me seem or feel dumb because they're like, oh, yes, the metaphors, the similes even. And I'm like, uh yeah, but like, who's who is Hugh Jackman in the Fountain? Uh, is he immortal? <laughs> is it the same guy, or is it like a reincarnation? Why did when he ate the sap of the Tree of Life did he did flowers kill him? And then why is also the future 
uh, guy in a flower bubble flying into a nebula. What is happening? I'm just it's just too smart for me, I think. That's just the where I'm coming. Yeah, I need things that are just uh I need things a little slower for me. That's all. Make just, it yeah. simple for my baby brain is yeah, what just I'm saying. Like, I don't need a symbolism or, you know, any of that cuz I yeah, I won't get it. I won't get it. That's why that's why human condition films are out of John's uh yeah. Vocabulary for the most part. I just can't do it because it'll be like, don't you understand that the sands of time pouring from his hands meant that time is fleeting? Yep. Each like, grain was actually a universe. And then we saw like two of those grains and then they hit the sand. And that's when the, they ended. It's actually really cool and good. And you're dumb for not liking it. And, I, and then, of course, because I have no self esteem, I go, okay. Yeah, real dumb, a dumb dumb. <laughs> I did real bad. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that was that was too deep for me. Um, yeah, you know, but, com- I, I said it and I'm already confused. Yeah, my brain that made my brain hurt. Mm-hmm. But you know, on the plus side, um, good for Brendan Fraser. There you go. Yeah, good for yeah. him. And uh, and so yeah, the the uh, oh, and one more bit of news that we were, were you know we wouldn't be uh we wouldn't be pop saga if we didn't have a little bit of double 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 wb news right at the top, <laughs> and uh, of course uh, fandom this year is canceled. Unfortunate. We so we can't do our fandom episode. Yeah, we know you all were really excited about that, and um, yep. we were really looking forward to bringing it to you, but nope. Um, we'll uh, just have to we'll, we'll make some stuff up for you for dc fandom why not yeah Won't be real you know, but right because we we covered the first one at length and then we skipped the second one and now they're not doing it anymore so we can't make good do you think that was because we skipped the I, second yeah one? i think they're like well pop like, saga's not covering it so why bother yeah didn't you hear them trash that one poster we made uh briefly <laughs> and Remember? then i in between that and this, I sent you another poster for the oh. Black Adam film uh, that oh. you said had uh, had strong three ring binder energy, and I I uh, could not agree more. What are they doing with the creative on this movie? I'd, oh man, when you sent that, I was just like, why is this look like it, it should be selling Valentine's Day cards? Like, <laughs> you know, it was bad. It look, I mean, I am no expert in Photoshop at all. I bug Forrest all the time when I have Photoshop questions, but I feel like I could do that in Google like slides. Oh, easily. No, I mean, like that is that is it, definitely maybe a PowerPoint presentation uh, slide that they just <laughs> handed off to us. Yeah. To us, the 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 you know the the masses. It's so, it's it's weird. I like it is just. I I, why do this? Um, why why this? Why yes? Why but, why why? Like I wish I had other words for it, but it's not centered well. It looks really bad. I hate you know I I understand because there's a lot of gold in this picture. But his lightning bolt that Black Adam is in is not gold. It's just black. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, if you're wondering what we're what we're talking about, I'd say just look it up. Just look up the Black Adam posters that are coming out. And uh, if I was just to describe it for you, it has uh, the text Black Adam at the top, very small in comparison to everybody else. And then, but sort of off-center in a way that doesn't kind of make sense. And then we have each of the sort of main characters from Black Adam and they're they're sort of uh, I guess th- I would say they're they're cropped by symbols that sort of relate to them in some way. Yep. Uh, as you said, Black Adam, there's a lightning bolt symbol that he is sort of his head's popping out of the top, but the rest of him is cropped out by the lightning bolt, and it's got a real thick bezel, and it, it's got that kind of drop shadow and highlight, uh, you know, embossed filter that is sort of default in Photoshop, and then we got. Hawkman, and he's got some sort of really ornate uh, circle that his ears are popping out of. Yeah, it looks like he's just kind of in a hubcap. It looks like he's in a very, it looks like he's in a spinner from the early 2000s. If you remember those, you'd buy them at Walmart, a, a spinner wheel cover, not the actual, uh, the wheel itself. And then we have uh, Cyclone, is I think, I believe that is her name. And uh, yeah, that is a compass face that she's on top I of. I guess that maybe is that's her insignia, but this is like the only promo shot we've ever seen of Cyclone. They just keep showing us this picture in a way that has me very worried about what she actually looks like in the movie. And then the weirdest one has got to be Dr. Fate, who looks like he's in an onk. Yes. And but just the top of his torso is poking out like he's like, but it but it, that's all folks. And then literally <laughs> the bottom half, it either looks like he's very thin or is it's just at the top of his, his uh, torso floating because, of course, next to him, the only one that is not cropped by their symbol, we've got Adam Smasher, who is, you know, he's, he's even like his hand is kind of invading Dr. Fate's space. But for some reason, they they don't even have the right like adam logo it's it's got less atoms like orbiting around it and he's the only one that isn't cropped out which is a bizarre choice it is it doesn't make any yeah it just really doesn't make any sense and it feels like out of all of them besides probably black adams that one would be a pretty easy shape to put them in like you just just you, do every the thing you same thing you do with everyone else. Yeah. Just have his head popping out of the top and crop another part of him, but they they refuse to do it. And then in the background, there's just a bunch of terrible lighting, lightning, just like two strips of yellow gradient and a bunch of like real generic looking lightning in the background. It is honestly one of the worst pieces of creative I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah, uh, no, it is. Yeah, it is. Oof, it's not good. It, incomprehensible, like, truly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I I wish I could literally be in the position sometimes where I could just be there and work on this stuff and just be like, okay, that's cool, but you're gonna have to do it again and make it a little better. It just I, it is. I, it, <laughs> yeah. It feels like the this is like the runoff to sports teams who don't win like the World Series and stuff and they just kind of get shipped off to other countries. This is what this feels like for Advert. It is really like I said, just it strikes me as like when you're going through the aisles at Walgreens or CVS or you know Diane Reed wherever you're at, you're going to see this in the Valentine's Day box aisle or it's you know going to be on a box of cereal or something like it is 
Yeah, and I will caveat this by saying that I found this on Reddit, so there's a possibility that it could have been a fan poster of some sort that, uh, that, that somebody like a fan put together and that would make so much more sense if i found that out i would be so happy uh so if you have that correction please write it let us know uh i would love to know that the uh, professional graphic designer did not put this together and this is just a creation of a, of a fan who's uh, well-meaning but but uh you know has uh i don't know it's just bad i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i mean look if um if a fan did it then good job. But if this was done by a multi-billion dollar company, uh, uh, maybe do two tries. Try it twice. <laughs> See what the second one brings. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, also, I just want to say, I just, just zoomed in. I just, I'm looking at it right now. I just zoomed in, and I can still see... After you pointed it out, I can still see the, the uh, repainted uh deadpool mask on our friend adam smasher <laughs> yeah that is <laughs> that, that is not changed that every not time changed. i see it now if if they pull off some magic and adam smasher at the end takes off his mask and it's ryan reynolds and it's some sort of weird deadpool breaks the fourth wall thing that all is forgiven and you've done an amazing thing wait a minute now i'm, I'm zoomed in on it here Mm-hmm. And 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 Pierce Brosnan is, is holding the helmet, uh, the Doctor Fate helmet. But it looks like he's not really holding it. It looks like <laughs> no, they just he's not holding it because his fingers are behind it. Yeah, or, <laughs> unless his fingers are going into the mask somehow, and that's part of the. I don't know why that would be cool, but I guess maybe that could be part of the whole thing. Anyway, uh, whatever. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good. Go back to the drawing board, please. This is not. If you love this movie and you want to celebrate it, you want to get it out to you know get people hyped about it. Don't put this out. This is not. This is. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. Which trying, but it's uh, this is bad. Do you think they did like a contest? That maybe that would is it. Uh, like a, just, just like, like an <laughs> office contest. And they're like your creative will be seen worldwide. It and the it person like really away. stacked the vote. You know. <laughs> Stuff the ballots. Oh, like bringing like like snacks and shit to everybody. <laughs> yeah, they oh, really. You know what? Yep. Steven's pretty good. You know, he did the thing and he he brought me a pie the other day. Stand up. I, I think I'm going to vote for his Black Adam creative. Doesn't make any sense to me. And it's in yeah. a weird perspective, but I'll do it. I like how everyone's popping out of their symbols except Adam Smasher because he smashed yeah. his symbol. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, want to he... pop out of it anymore. <laughs> Oh, well, that's what he told you? Nope, that is just what I'm inferring. <laughs> that's my head cannon. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's a... It, oh. oh, that would make me... That would... Uh, <clears throat> honestly, I don't mean to sound so mean, but that would... It, if that came across my desk, I'd be like, what is this? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did you do this? It, seriously. I mean, yeah. like, anyone... Like, whoever's approving this has got to... They have to be it's, taken to task. Yeah, it's the same with uh, uh, Black Adam holding uh, Kid Hawk, you know, from the other <laughs> one. Kid with, Hawk. with his little, like, wind-up uh, zippy-zappy legs. Where he's, like, yeah. <laughs> he's got real running action. Yeah, it is. It is, it is no bueno. Um, but, you know, it seems like there's still... F- Par for the course with all the things that WWWB is doing. Yeah, they're they're doing all sorts of great stuff. I just, you know, 
the last thing we'll say about it, uh, I just looked up the person who is going to be directing this, or is has directed Black Adam, and uh, I don't... Uh, let's see. The Shallows uh, is, I guess, the only other one on here. Oh, he directed Jungle Cruise as well, the, the not very well-regarded uh, other rock vehicle. Um... Was House it, of was Wax th- back in 2005. Orphan? Oh. Okay, he's done a couple of stuff there. Non-stop. Okay, well, we'll see. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I won't, but we'll find out about it. Yeah. And uh, real quick before we get into the Lord of the Rings, John, uh, I'm a little segment I'd like to call uh, House of the Dragon Watch. Have you seen House of the Dragon yet, John? Have you seen episode one of House of the Dragon? No, I, I don't. I, I don't care. Um, Me neither. Next up on Pop Saga, we'll actually get to the genie point. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad that uh, you and I have not seen it. I've, yeah. I've Still uh, not actively avoiding it, just not interested in watching it. Although I, I hear people are uh, enjoying it, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, I was a little like, I know there are people in the house watching it, in my house are watching it. And I heard the theme song, and I was like, this is the Game of Thrones theme song. Is it It's like just slightly different. Yeah, it's weird that you mention it, because when I went down there, I saw that it was composed by Vanilla Ice. And it made a lot of sense, you know. He took a lot of inspiration. Go dragons, go dragons, go! I'm, I'm doing the I'm doing the the Targaryen um, shuffle shuffle yeah, yeah you know it's just like Targaryen ninja shuffle. ninja rap Targaryen but you still put your your fist in one hand and you shake it back and forth and then oh, yeah. uh, a dragon show up I don't know yep uh, you just do and then you do that like thing where you kind of put your hands uh, your palms outstretched and sort of hook your thumbs together and you make a little bird <laughs> I'm doing yep. it right now uh-huh. <laughs> I I can hear it. Great. Uh, Fantastic. But today we're going to give you our first impressions, just like we did for She-Hulk. We're going to give you our first impressions of the two-part season premiere of Amazon's new Lord of the Rings show, The Lord of the Rings, colon, The Rings of Power. It's a real mouthful of of an episode title. And, of course, we're talking about the they released two episodes as part of their premiere. And the first one is called uh, Season 1, Episode 1, Shadow, A Shadow of the Past. And, of course, Episode 2 is called Adrift. Both very apt titles, considering the content therein. Yeah. Though, I feel like uh, they couldn't think of something as a fancy for the second episode. Uh, Adrift. Adrift, yeah. (laughs) That's what happened. What's in this one? Uh, Adrift. Uh, And uh, so, John, what were your expectations going into this? What were? I'm sure you didn't look up a lot about it, but what had you heard? What were your sort of? What were your feelings going into into watching this initially? Yeah. Well, you 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 are correct. I didn't look up anything. Um, I had very little like interest outside of the fact that you know it was being touted as the most expensive tv show ever 
And, you know, watching through these episodes can confirm this is the most expensive TV show I've ever seen. It um, looks very expensive. <laughs> yes, like um, ridiculously expensive. I remember um, reading that like Amazon couldn't get all of the like uh, like Middle Earth Tolkien rights, so he was only able to get Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, and I was just like, oh, okay, so then what are you doing? And then after kind of watching it, I was like, oh, you just kind of made up some stuff and put some things, some, you know, that I know. But uh, I didn't really have much of an expectation from it, other than I thought it would look probably pretty good. And uh, it delivers on that front, uh, certainly. It's interesting. Uh, as I watched these two initial episodes, I could not shake the feeling that, you know, that it really felt like, hey, this show would not exist in the form that it does today were it not for Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies. It True. definitely shares a ton of visual DNA, even though they try to do a couple other, you know, different things with uh, monsters and, and, and things like that. But from a musical standpoint, from a visual standpoint, it feels like watching a TV version, a TV continuation or prequel of the movies, uh, most of all. Yeah, I would say they they probably had to do that, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's a certain point where they couldn't have um, avoided it because it would have been too different, and there's a, a, a fair amount of preconceived expectations or visual language that, you know, Peter Jackson and them did so well with their movies. But it's, like, it's weird because you want to be like, these are connected, but are they connected? You know, like, yeah. besides the visual DNA, like, are, are they connected or the expectations of, like these characters from this point are they supposed to be the same ones that we saw it's 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 a little confusing to me um like where i feel but a lot of the uh, shape language and everything really feels like it's you know jackson inspired yeah and even like the 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 theme for the the series itself which we don't hear until episode two uh but that is actually composed by howard shore the composer of the original Lord of the Rings uh, music uh, for the movies. So even there, we have, a, a, you know, an actual connection. And then the uh, composer of the series, who doesn't do the theme song, but does do the uh, the stuff that we find, the music that we find in the actual show, uh, that is actually uh, Bear McCreary, and it, he has stated publicly that, yeah, it's supposed to, the music that he's creating should feel completely thematically appropriate when put next to the uh, the uh, music for the movie. So obviously there's like some intentionality by the creators to hook into that, uh, you know, the, the movie that, that everybody loves, but is, you know, quite old by by this time. Yeah, still a, a, a bit of a modern classic, though I should say. Oh, uh, yeah, I think you know we're not really talking about the movies, but those were great. They're long, but you know, to, and I know a lot of diehard Tolkien like fans, Lord of the Rings fans, hated the movies. Um, mm -hmm. But I think they're a pretty good distillation of for the fact that you know each one of these books is. Well, Fellowship reads more like a tome, 
the mm-hmm. Two Towers and Return of the King read like actual books. Um, it's weird because Fellowship is my favorite book of the three, even though I, it is very dense. I think that's the problem. So for me, like the first 50 to 75 pages in Fellowship of the Ring is like tough to read. But I feel like pretty much once I leave the Shire and go towards like Rivendell is when it starts to turn into like a book and less about like what the hell the hobbits are eating and all that stuff, which isn't bad, but it's it's pretty dense. I like Fellowship. I like all three books, so I'm not not ragging on them. I'm just saying like. I know a lot of people who try to dive headfirst in those books. Fellowship is one that stops most people. Like, because they're like, oh, man, when does it pick up? When's a dragon show up? Or, you know, when's that, <laughs> you know, what's, what's, when, when's he going to put on that ring of power? Or, you know, something like that. You got to, you just got to kind of burn right through that. And once you do, then I think you get some really great stuff. Yeah. And I think to your point, you had said, uh, mentioned earlier that the, uh, that they they have rights to s- some things. It's very complex. The rights to Lord of the Rings in general, and then especially in 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 regards to the show, because at the they have sort of a prologue at the start of the first episode, and it talks about stuff that are featured in the Simmerillion, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but they can't uh, allude to it exactly. They can't reference it exactly because of how the rights worked out so they have to just allude to the sort of general things that happen they're like uh morgoth came and then he destroyed the trees of valinor and then they're like but they don't say anything else about it they're like yeah yeah war happened and, and then he was eventually defeated but there's like a ton that's just like a I, ton of stuff in the uh that they're leaving out yeah i mean they don't even refer to as morgoth this his real name was like malakir or something like that is his for is his name when mentioned in the Sumerian, if I'm remembering correctly? There now, yeah, there's he, a he was there, renamed Morgoth. He was Melkor was renamed Morgoth. Melkor, when he thank destroyed, you. Uh, the two trees of Valinor. Yeah, and see that they kind of I guess it's kind of Vortimart vibes, if I remember correctly. They're like, oh, just change the name. He's so evil, we can't really talk about him. Let's. Uh, <laughs> it's more of a curse now. Yeah, but. Yeah, they they don't have the rights to like the Cimmerillion or any of the other books that are, you know like the children of right uh, you know the they, children of Hurin Hurin yeah I mean for me it's the three I just the three those are all I need um, so all the other stuff I was just like yeah okay well yeah I'm, I think I'm, I talked about this the other day but I I I read the children of Hurin. And uh, was just thoroughly depressed. It's not a very fun, good book. It's just like, it's it's much like uh, the Fellowship. It's more of a distru- uh, like a dry horror historical reaccounting. Yeah, and that, that is why I've yet to this day been able to finish more than fifty pages of the Cimmerillion. <laughs> yep. It is. It is. You need a book that is dense. Like you want one page to feel like you read like ten. Read the Cimmerillion because that's what that felt like. It is so. You need flow charts. And, oh yeah. You know, you know like you 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 would need white wall space. Like you would need so much stuff to be able to understand and unpack what's just in that alone. Oh, so absolutely. I can 
So I can kind of see them with this first episode, like just alluding to it to try to appease some of the, you know, more hardcore fans, even though I think that is maybe kind of a fool's errand. Well, then, yes. you know, <laughs> there are like, a lot of different quote unquote hardcore fans coming for this series for a lot of reasons and not all of them are in good faith, let's just say. Oh, no, totally, totally. It's like, you know, even even us doing the show has kind of a little bit broadened my horizon in terms of just like, well, it exists in a different medium. If it, if it feels like the spirit is being represented, I'm okay, even if it's not following something like to a T. And mm-hmm. with a, 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 a series like lord of the rings or you know this whole middle earth or whatever you want to call it at this point it is so dense and there's so much things that like even the fact that amazon to date has spent almost a billion dollars on this they would still not be able to show a fraction of what is kind of described in these books truly unless this is like a hundred episode long uh a series and uh we get then we'll get like a fraction two pages from one of, uh, from the Cimmerian or the lore. Exactly. So it's just like, yeah, I get the condensing and um, still kind of cool. Of, yeah. You know, like uh, kind of seeing how all of the, it's really cool seeing Valinor because, you know, we only saw people go in the other direction in the movie. Yeah. So it's kind of cool seeing uh, the realm of the elves and yeah, that that's stuff. something that Tolkien isn't like. Even in the books, he very much is very. Uh, what am I trying to say? He doesn't really give a lot of detail about a, how the elves actually get to the West, what the process is, and like what uh, Valinor actually is. Like it's kind of des- described as heaven, kind of, uh, or a heaven analog. And you can only get, like, only elves can get there. And you have to, like, sail across the stars from Middle-earth to Valinor. Yeah. And, uh, or, or your, um, permitted entrance. Yeah, or your Frodo. Your and Frodo. you're just so friggin' tired. And they're like, yeah, come on. Yeah, well, I mean, it was like, or you're, you're, um, an Istar, you know, you're a wizard. And they're like, okay, you can come too. Your time is done, Gandalf. You can, you get a and uh, Bilbo. You're old, but come on. Yeah. And then uh, Sam, you want to come? Why not? You were kind of a ring bearer for a moment. Uh, <laughs> come on, let's everybody. Not you, Mary and Pippin. You stay away from us. You stay. Away, <laughs> you fool of a tooks. <laughs> you guys are way too high to make this boat ride. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna ruin really everything. Really weed. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> you guys are going to be at the part you need to stand just stoically for the entire trip. You're not going to be able to do that. You can't go. Yeah. I mean, you you were in the books. You were described as like the buffest biggest of uh, hobbits after drinking that int drought. But you can't hang with the, you can't hang with the turbulence on a boat. Is it turbulence? <laughs> sure. Whatever. I don't know whatever. what it's called. Yeah. Whatever. It works. Turbulence is a general enough word. But yeah, uh, it shakes. That's what's more important. That's what's most important. I but, mean, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, the whole imagery of just Valinor, the two trees, there's a beautiful shot where it features, um, what, Finrod, I think, mm-hmm. is looking out, like, over the two trees and the. 
yeah the the, the buildings and stuff and it's just visually it's a feast like, oh my god so incredible so lush so beautiful but and like you said this is one part i've been waiting you i you i can't describe to you how much time i tried to research what like valinor was and what the whole deal with like like that was i was like wait did frodo go like did does that ship just go and like disintegrate did he go to real heaven like what's going on? I was so because I love those movies and I love the books and I was very much just like, but what's the deal with Falador? Like, is it a place? Is like when Frodo gets there, can he still have his sausage links and his tomatoes and hunks of bread and and uh, ale? Is that still a thing, or is it like heaven where it's like a bunch of clouds? <laughs> uh, so seeing it, it's just like it's. I guess it's a place that bullying still exists. But you can make a kick-ass uh, paper boat. Hell yeah! I didn't, what advanced boat folding technology did the elves invent way back before uh, cell phones? You know what I mean? Like that—that that was a fancy-ass boat. That was a fancy-ass boat. Yep. But it is interesting that it's like this is set a thousand years before the Lord of the Rings movies, but because of how long elves live. Our main character is still Galadriel, who played a big part, of course, in the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, elves live forever, so time to them is uh, relative. This takes place uh, in the Second Age? Is this... Is it... Yes, the... I believe so. Yeah, just, I mean... It's kind of hard because, like I said, I know some things or I remember being explicitly explained a lot of stuff by some real hardcore fans. You know, oh, man, let me tell you about this. We're going to blow your mind. So some of it has stepped into it. But then what we watched in the last two episodes, I was like, is this the second age or is it like the coming of the third age or is it going to be like kind of like the setting up of that big battle that you see in Fellowship of the Ring? before like all the shit goes down like trying to uh, map out the timeline in my head a little bit but yeah i i've all i've heard is that it takes place in the second age and it is funny that like we have the same players are still kind of on the the, the field we've got uh we've got elrond we've got uh galadriel we have got uh celebrore celebor we've Ooh. got <laughs> celebrimbor uh, so, uh, <laughs> you. Uh, and uh, we, of course, got Sauron, who has just been a going concern for so friggin' long. Apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's he is uh, Mogarth or Mogart. God, I always butcher all their names. Mogarth? Uh, Morgoth. Morgoth. Let me write that. It's, right. Yeah, he, uh, he is Morgoth's sort of lieutenant, the evil sorcerer Sauron, who is in this, and he's leading all the orcs and making all the orcs and making them bang each other and <laughs> and uh, multiply apparently as they uh, I don't know they 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 grow like out of the mud, right? We that's what we yeah. learned in the movie. Yeah, he's doing he's doing those underground raves that are very popular. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing the the popular uh, underground raves and yep, exactly, making all the orcs and making them gross, and 
this is like what I love about this. These first two episodes is we get right into the classic trope that nobody listens to the smart woman. You know, this is a we we saw this. Of course, one of the most famous examples is an alien. Uh, no one listens to Ripley, even though if they just had the movie wouldn't have happened. Uh, same thing with Galadriel. Uh, she her brother is killed by uh, 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 killed by Sauron. They do that off screen. They do not show it. It's like, oh yeah, he found uh, him first. Uh, Sauron found him first, and oh, he killed him good. But I would like to have seen that. Uh, I would like to have seen that battle. But we don't. It's not about her brother. It's I mean, not about he, Finrod. I mean, he gets mauled by a couple of Sauron's little wargs or wolves. So it's, it's not like it's not like super heroic. And I think it's partly a song too. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> But he does get a cool tattoo, a cool uh, thing carved into his flesh, and it's that moment that uh, Galadriel takes on the cause. But, uh, you know, she's like, hey, you know, just because we haven't heard about Sauron in a while doesn't mean he's gone. Uh, you know, evil you know, evil doesn't go away. It just uh, waits. It waits for its, its, its moment, and... Uh, She's, of course, right. We know that because this is a prequel. So, But everyone's like, no, man, it's cool. No one's heard from Sauron in 100, 200 years. Get over it, Galadriel. He is gone. Let's party. Yeah, you, you can stop your quest. Um, yep. we're getting no fact, one we're wants do... to do it anymore. Yeah, they're These all elves tired. Are bored. <laughs> they're tired. They're, they're cold. like, she's like, oh, we're almost there. Let's keep going. And they're like, no, we've done enough. Yeah, we went we... up to this mountain and uh, we found a bunch of old ruins. That you know what that means? There's no Sauron. We want to go home. But ignore that one troll that uh, showed up. Ignore him. Don't worry about him. That just was, he just was hanging out. They still yeah. exist, but. And no one is like, they get to the, they get to some sort of dilapidated old rune uh, that, that uh, Galadriel has been, has been searching for. And they go inside and everyone's still cold. And she's like, this place is so evil. The torches provide no warmth. And everyone's just like, oh, who cares? <laughs> that doesn't mean nothing. She's like, this way, how can you be sure? It's colder than the rest. Oh, it's dumb. We're, it's ice everywhere. Of course it's cold. <laughs> it's true. It's the same building that you see, like, Sauron walking down the steps, mm-hmm. like, uh, with all his orcs and stuff from, like, the little montage shot they did. So you're like, oh, yeah, you found the right spot. But they didn't care. I mean, no. to be fair, climbing up that, that sheer ice face like they did, which was really badass to see. It um, looked cool as hell. It looked cool, yeah. Like, I'd want to play that level in a video game. Um, but, yeah, no, they were just done. They're like, we're tired. Um, so, John, I've heard nonstop bad takes about this series. Yeah, okay. uh, I've just been inundated with bad takes. And one of them was, there's too much action. Why is this, why is Galadriel like an action hero? This is dumb. And I say to that person, go kick rocks. <laughs> go watch a documentary or something. What do you want? Like, are you kidding me? That was a cool ass action scene. And, and she did some sword play that I have loved to see. What do you I, want? I mean, it's also not that much action. 
Like it really wasn't. It was like one scene. It was yeah. There was everything to try to get you up to uh, up to uh, up to uh, caught up with what they're trying to set up for the show, and then this one action scene, and then that's just kind of like it. And that was it. And it was cool as hell. Yeah, it was fine. It was like, yeah, let's see elves be elves. If we're going to get like, or if we're going to get elf action, then yeah, we should see them being badasses because that's what they, that's just, you know, kind of what they do. So yeah, let's go for it. But that's a, that's a, that's just a bad, terrible take. And it's also, again, someone who maybe saw the films, but never heard how Tolkien himself described Galandriel. She's described as a warrior as an Amazon, you know, as a fighter as well. So this is a little bit more true to the character than like you initially see from the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. But like, that's just a bad take. Yeah. I was, come on. I was just more upset that it took like that whole like team thing where the dude puts his sword down and she runs off of it, which is still pretty cool. But I was just waiting to see like, look, these, these dudes are tired. They're, these elves are tired, they're schmucks or whatever. I'm going to take this elf out by myself, which he does for the most part. But, you know, I was waiting to see some real badass stuff. I could have had well, more mean, action. Yeah, I mean, she really does. Because all of them, there's like an extended scene where just a bunch of elves getting their ass kicked by that door, by that troll. It yeah. it fully pushes, it fully punches one guy in the moosh. <laughs> right in the, yeah, and he's just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, if I'd have got hit like that, you better know I'm like I'm going back home. <laughs> yeah, you laid out your sword. Yeah, I'm not, not just. I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> he smashed my ass into the. You see that column? You see my, oh my back God. shaped hole in that column? <laughs> you know, the the fact that that guy was still moving is is really a, a, a testament to the durability of the elves, but. Uh, yeah, she's called back home, and then, of course, you know, like any bad manager, the king is just like, well, you get your, now you go into retirement. Yep, the, the, uh, uh, the evil is over, and you get to retire. Good bully for you. Get out of my face. You are a, you are a thorn in my side, and so I'm going to put you on a boat to the west so I never have to deal with you ever again. If I stick my fingers in my ears, the badness isn't coming. It's a real avoidance uh, style of, of uh, dealing with um, bad news, but we do get in this moment introduced to not only a beautiful set with all these yellow leaves and just looking gorgeous, but uh, we get to introduce to young Elrond. Yeah. Which, uh, Elrond Hubbard. Is Elrond Hubbard is, yep. <laughs> We no one knows the evil he'll do in uh, later in life, but uh, and I'm going to just stay non-specific about that for fear of the very litigious lawyers that might be uh, listening to every mention of that person's name. But uh, uh, but we get introduced to this actor and and boy howdy! Uh, and by the way, I should just say, young Galadriel played by Amelie Child Villers Villiers. I don't know how you pronounce her last name, but uh, really right. great, really great young version of another person casting and uh, uh, Morphid Clark, Morphid, yeah, Morphid. I think it's, it's Morphid. 
Morphin Clark plays Galadriel. Great. And uh, yeah, doing a great job. Yeah. Really big shoes to to fill there. And uh, and then we have uh, we have. A young uh, Neil Patrick young, Harris. Young, by, it does played, look exactly like Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, played by a young Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, yeah, a.k.a. Robert Arameo. Uh, uh, a.k.a. young Eddard Stock from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and a weird crossover. We were just talking about House of the Dragon, but the, uh, yeah, young Eddard Stark. Uh... Nedard, Edard, Ooh, Ned, 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 Ned. Yeah, N- Ned. Uh, who cares? He's dead. <laughs> Ned, <Yeah>. dead. <laughs> Ned, dead. Uh, but uh, I was wondering, like, if you have Hugo Weaving playing old Elrond, and like you just must have to cast someone else who looks different, who looks unique in a different way, because of course Hugo Weaving has a very like iconic and emblematic face, uh, but. So I guess you just have to go. You're like, okay, let's let's choose someone with a big old chin. So he's like, he doesn't have the eyebrows necessarily, but he has some memorable features in other parts of his face. Yeah, and like a real good quaffed head of hair. And, oh um, yeah, he's got. A, he looks. He actually kind of reminds me of Matt Smith from <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah, a little bit, but like, uh, I would rather watch this guy be the Doctor than Matt Smith. Oh, that's right. I said, boom, 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 hit him with a. Oh, what a bad take. Uh, no, it's a great take. Great take. Less <laughs> filling. It's a great terrible take. take. Great take. Great uh, take. <laughs> but uh, we also get introduced to uh, two humans who wear giant uh, antlers on their backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not really explained. Uh, maybe you have some Tolkien lore to back it up, but I was like, whatever. I mean, it looks cool. No, and, like, uh, I can't even. I, I guess they're near where like the prototype of where the shire will eventually be i don't know but yeah i, I was trying to remember what the big big ass elk ear or elk horn <laughs> yeah are just let me load those up on my backpack and walk around yeah, nah, <laughs> yeah right i guess it must have some sort of uh function uh but that kind of leads us into the introduction of uh the harfoots uh, which are the precursors to the hobbits. And these are more nomadic, uh, fiercely uh, isolationist uh, sort of uh, halfling precursors. And uh, delightful. Just a, I lo- uh, Anything involving hobbits, I, I'm a big fan of. So showing proto-hobbits was a, was a real good time. Yeah, I think this is probably... Hobbits really didn't make themselves known to like the third age. So this definitely feels like, well, you, this, this Lord of the Rings TV show has it all. We got the elves, we got the orcs, we got the dwarves coming later, and we got the hobbits. You're going to get all the things you love. No, 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 no. Harfoots. Look, listen, fans, calm down. These aren't hobbits, they're Harfoots. They got the hobbits. Like Arby's yeah. has the beef, we got the hobbits. You can call yeah, them Harfoots, mean, whatever. Ha- hobbits, Harfoots, sounds almost the same to me. Listen to these names. We've got Nori Brandyfoot. That's a hobbit name. We got Poppy Proudfellow. That's a hobbit name. These are hobbits <laughs> for all intents and purposes. 
They just don't have like the fancy architecture. They're more nomadic. They move from place to place, but they still have like a very close to community and they still have a premium or a focus on having a chill time. Yeah, they got the hairy feats and um they're eating yeah. berries nonstop. Go to a berry bush with no thorns on it? What kind of berry bush is this? I want show me that. Show yeah. me that berry bush. I was just waiting. I was worried for a second when they were doing that because I didn't know how entrenched we would be because I didn't watch any of the trailers or anything for this. So I was just like, oh, man, you eating those berries? You don't know what they are. They're going to die. Those are Sauron <laughs> berries. Look how, look how hard you're hobbits. Look out. You're right next to the old forest, which I guess is new at this point. But, man, the tree's going to make you sleep, and then it's going to eat you up. Old man Willow's going to munch on your face. Yeah, I was worried for a second. Well, it didn't look like some good-ass berries, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, you really can't have a a story set in this world without having the uh, old hobbits, I think, at this point. Oh, excuse me, Harfoots. Yes, yes, Harfoots. Let's get it right, please. Let's not, uh, let's not, uh, let us not, uh, you know, uh, leave them out. The Harfoots, of course, are a totally different thing. They, because they don't have nice houses that are built under a <laughs> hill. They have huts. They're getting there. They're getting there. They, they're getting by there, golly, they're getting there. And of course, just like hobbits, they are getting themselves mixed up in all sorts of crazy little adventures. Uh, but of course, you know, this, this, uh, the, the presence, <coughs> excuse me, the presence of these, uh, of these humans with the, uh, things on their back is a cause for concern. It's, uh, it's happening too soon. Things are changing. And of course, when we're out in that, the aforementioned berry scene, we see a footprint in the mud. And of course that could, uh, that of course, you know, I think uh, Nori is uh, is wise to this. She mm-hmm. she sees it and mm-hmm. says, oh boy, this is not good. Uh, but everyone else is kind of none the wiser. They're like, okay, cool. It's just a big dog. Away we go, berries. I mean, I love me some food. But if I was like at best three foot tall and I saw a footprint of something that I could not easily identify that was at least two like a foot and a half in length i'd be bombing out of yeah yeah yeah. i'm not sticking around these uh these hobbits suck these proto hobbits suck yeah how did they ever live long enough to become hobbits that's what i'm asking Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but we also get introduced in this uh in this first episode like we get introduced to i feel like maybe a lot of the major players i think there's still some people who are not on the board yet who we uh who we are have yet to be introduced to um but uh in this first episode in the shadow of the past we also get introduced to uh Erondir, who is very uh, who is a uh, elf and he's got some cool ass armor on. It's got yeah. some wood armor. It's got like a face carved on it. Yeah, it's got like an ant face carved into it. I thought. Yeah, it's cool as hell. Yeah, I really like it. And it, it, it's nice to kind of have like the stoic elf. Because um, yeah, you know he's, he's still going to do badass things. We know he's going to do badass things. But like, you know, let, let him be a little, little, little more smooth about it. You know what I mean? A little braggadocious. Yeah, and we get the sense they they introduce us to the power dynamic where they 
They show us some humans as well. Not only the ones with the uh, big antlers on their back, but some other humans. And we get the idea that, oh, you know, actually in this age, elves are in charge and the humans are sort of uh, living under their thumb, so to speak. So there's a lot of animosity towards elves, not because they are different necessarily, but because they're like basically the cops. They're the cops of this time. Well, it's it's partially due to the fact that the humans that they're watching over down here were the ones that aligned themselves with Morgoth um, yeah, a thousand a years ago. <laughs> yeah, so they're just like, look, and because age to elf is, you know, they view it differently. They're like a thousand years isn't really that long. So they're like, hmm. These yeah, still we still bad. don't trust you. Yeah, we don't trust you. And, you know, even the town folk are like, you're, you're blaming us for something that happened so many, you know, years ago. Um, with good reason, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and not, uh, not necessarily uh, without reason, but certainly these people who... Uh, who exist now are, are becoming quite bitter for this, uh, this the oversight they're getting, but uh, they definitely cast the the elves in a, a very sort of uh, policey role, coming around, checking on things, and then like you know uh, skedaddling after a while. Well, I mean, they're sitting there here and like poisoned, and none of the town folk want to say anything or whatever. So probably a good reason to keep coming by and police it. And you know, yeah, not a, not a bad point. I mean, there is some poisoning going on, yeah. but uh, really, it's not the townsfolk because this is just another sign of the encroaching evil that sort of permeates this episode, and uh, it is punctuated by a comet falling to Earth, and this is a we get to see this from sort of every angle. We have uh, Galadriel; she's on the boat. And they're off to the west. Her and her company have been provided uh, the great honor of uh, com- having completed their mission. And they get to go home to the elves' ancestral home. Uh, but during this time, a comet f- streaks across the sky. and uh, Or a meteor, I guess you should say. And uh, impacts the earth. And it is discovered by one of the Harfoots, the aforementioned uh, Nori Brandyfoot. And there's a guy in there. There's a big old crater in the middle. There's a dude. And in the cast list, uh, he is credited only as the stranger. The question is, who's the dude who fell out the sky? Who is the stranger? Who yeah. is this guy? Uh, there's a lot of theories. Some mm-hmm. people think that it's Sauron. Mm-hmm. Like he was uh, he was hiding out in the sky, and then he came back in a very flashy way to be like, I'm back! Sauron's back, everybody! Get ready for Sauron! <laughs> <laughs> and then some people say it's Gandalf, but that also wouldn't really make sense based on the what we know from the, the, the text of Tolkien. Uh... I have to tell you, John, I, I hope it's neither. I hope it's just another uh, one of Gandalf's uh, kind, which, of course, uh, is the uh, the Maiar. The Maiar. The, hmm? I, I knew. I thought they were the Istar. Yes. They, on Middle-earth, they're the Istar, and they're, they're wizards, but they're a, uh, a 
Gandalf was originally called Olorin, and he was the wisest, the wisest of the Maiar, which were uh, it's M A I A R, and they were uh, they were spirits that were created uh, by Valen Valar, whatever the yeah, the that's, heck the, that's like the, the god name yeah. was. Yeah, Valar. V- Valar. I think you're right. I think you're right. Or Valar. Uh, yeah, Valar. V a l a r. I think it is. I think you're right about that. And uh, as these uh, sort of element, uh, original elemental spirits to help him uh, create the world, and and Gandalf is of course one of them, and uh, also known as Istar. Uh, once they are actually on Earth, but they actually come from a totally different dimension from the the sky, kind of, and uh, and are sent to Middle Earth uh, primarily to combat the threat of Sauron. So yeah, but they did. But so if I remember correctly, and you, you if you've read up on it, I'll trust what you read. My thought was that they all arrived like via boat across the yeah. sea during the third age <laughs> yeah they don't they don't typically come down in a common and are just like oh, oh english me no speak <laughs> like yeah. they don't they don't like have problems they don't have all the problems this fella is having having yeah. which is just like they don't kind of they have amnesia seemingly they can't speak the language and uh they have massive power but really kind of uh don't know how to use it i guess uh, properly i mean so i i think i get why people think that this might be like sauron being you know his master plan is because there is the whole in the in the next episode we learn that the fire that's surrounding him doesn't burn right it's not hot and in this episode when uh, Galandriel and them were at the ice thing, they found an anvil that, well, where the flames, it was so evil, the flames cast no heat, but also on the anvil, you know, there was like a real hot spot there. So maybe like that's where the people are getting that connection to, um, mm-hmm. it being him, but I don't know why he'd be like, I'm going to, I gotta get there and I'm gonna make myself a giant rock egg in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I'm just when I get there, I'm gonna be like, where, where was I again? Hello, uh, yeah. I'm still gonna wear underwear. <laughs> Don't worry, she's gonna put a blanket on me, and I will be a okay. I'm gonna yeah. make that into pants somehow. Yeah, and he just like, I mean, when we get to see him a little bit later, I'm like, mm, seem a little evil. I'm not sure. Or he seemed it's definitely hard to say. like wanting destruction definitely follows where he goes. Um, yeah, he definitely has that sort of like deep speech style thing that you see Gandalf do in the Lord of the Rings movie where, you know, the, the lights darken and his voice gets all echoey and boomy. Uh, we definitely have a. Go ahead. He's talking to uh, light, you know, uh, lightning bugs or whatever the hell. What are those things called? Um, yeah, he right. He he does the same sort of thing where River Riverward Gandalf was like, "Hey Moth, hey, could you go tell my eagle friends I need a cool exit? <laughs> <I> <laughs> Only did, uh, one thing will do. 
I need to get out of here. I could have done this earlier. We could have finished the. We could have finished our whole fellowship in like two days, maybe two days flight or something. But yeah, <laughs> he does do that. But then it does kill all the fireflies, and so that definitely has an ominous uh, tinge to it. Yeah, hard to say who it is. That's the kind of question on everybody's. Uh, it seems that everyone is is wondering about who is the stranger and uh, and who what does he do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Is what everyone's uh, curious about about this this uh, new character. I hope it's a new character and this is like just another one of uh, of Gandalf's people who was sent down before him in sort of uh, in a, you know as sort of a test bed. You know, they're like, hey, can we do this? And they sent this guy in a meteor, and he doesn't know the language. They're like, okay, good. We learned a lot from this one. Next yeah. time, we're going to send him on a boat. Get we're going to give him an, uh, an English dictionary. Yeah, a couple <laughs> books, yeah. and they'll just read during their time. It was, did you see how violent that was? Like, I mean, he hit hard. Like, Oh, and, that, was a big, yeah. that was a big crater. Yeah, that was uh, not good. And then he tried to suck fire back into him. No, he was very confused. Maybe uh, concussed. So, yeah, next time we're putting five of you on a boat. And uh, yep. that's it. And uh, you'll still know how to talk to the insects and stuff. You'll still be good. You'll still be good. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the takes I've read online is that he might be representing the mysterious blue wizards who we very have very little literature about, but are mentioned by Tolkien and were apparently around in this time. So maybe that's the case. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess we need a sense of mystery, right? Like who is this man? And it, it is a good faint because all the wizards, you know, like they all looked old. That's kind of how their appearance was anyway. So like they all, roughly look like Gandalf for the most part so yeah <laughs> that's kind of like that's kind of the this spirits the uh the Maiar or whatever they're the heck they're called uh the uh the Maiar or singular Maya were primordial spirits created to help Valar shape the first shape the world they were numerous though not many were named um okay <laughs> yep, yep, fair enough. It says five of these spirits in the third age became incarnated wizards. But uh so yeah, we have all these characters we did where we have all this 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 species that he might be. Well, I guess we'll see uh how that goes. Um but one character we forgot to mention so far is Theo. Oh Theo, what's Theo up to? I mean, if you you need a lovable old scamp, and uh, every show needs one, so Theo it is. Yep, and yeah. uh, he is hiding. He has found out about a little bit of a, a secret little thing that's been hidden away under a barn, and uh, and that thing is he like goes and gets it and f to show his friend, and it is like some sort of. Uh, I'm just gonna say it's probably Sauron's sword. Looks like, or uh, or uh, a prototype Nazgul sword or something. But yeah, like he's he's huffing it. That's all I felt Theo was doing. Was like, whoa, check out the visuals on this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he unlocks it. 
<laughs> he unwraps it from burlap and then puts it in a paper bag and <laughs> just breathes very deeply. Oh, my God, I can see the unseen. This is so cool. You know, like, holy shit. Yeah, um... He doesn't seem to be disturbed by the fact that every time blood gets on it, it goes into the blade, and then it, like the blade glows or gets more powerful or reforms itself slightly. It's clearly just feasting on blood, but it's it's also clear this Theo character is just like a, a opposite Frodo, right? He's like he has found something that is very evil and important and needs to be destroyed, but instead of like uh, kind of taking it on a, with a fellowship on an adventure to destroy it. He's just like, cool, I'm just going to keep it. I don't care how many orcs tunnel under my house. I mean, take a look at it. Isn't this thing badass? <laughs> <laughs> the brand of Sauron is on it. Yeah. Um, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold uh, proclamation right now. I'm not a fan mm, of this that? Theo. I'm not a fan yeah. of him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Theo. You should tell someone, Theo. Your mom seems nice. Yeah, your mom seems really nice. Seems like, you know, she picked the uh, handsome elf. Um, Crazily good-looking elf. I mean, stupid good-looking. Screw good looking. you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, like uh, it, so beautiful it hurts. And yeah. then you see Ismael the rest of Cruz Cordova, go kick rocks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Too handsome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good on you, but damn, son. Um, Great versus- elf casting, though. Looks very much like I would think an elf would look like. Yeah, totes, totes. Like, I mean, I'm ready to see what this character does. Too gorgeous. And then you see the rest of her town. You know why. You know why. <laughs> yes. You know if why. If you had a choice, I think you would choose the same thing. I'm choosing. He, he's uh, the only one who has ever taken a bath out of anyone else she interacts with in the entire time. Oh, yeah. The town, I should say. Oh, yeah. He's not scared of things. He's got real cool armor. Um, he's got it going on. He's got yeah. it going on. Like, and the rest of those team, the rest of that town. Mm, 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 yeah. They're the sketch. classic sort of like, uh, uh, Amityville, not Amityville. Uh, what Hills, was the- ha- Hills have eyes down to me. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, middle earth has eyes is, uh, yeah. is where she lives. But, in this episode, we also get introduced to uh, Prince Durin, the fourth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like nine of them, so it's hard to keep them all track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, we're getting... Now, this was cool. This was the seeing the dwarves and seeing that yeah. badass armor and stuff. Absolutely. Holy shit. And the see the... In- it looks so good, and to see like that the the dwarven uh, uh, city in its heyday was exactly just a treat. exactly to see them like at their best versus being like you know having to hide away from like some of their greatest cities because of you know like orcs and evil taking over to kind of see them in their you know their heydays was really cool. Um, I really dug it. I really dug. I really dug being introduced to this guy, and pretty. Uh, he's angry, but rightfully so, I think. Yeah, because Elrond goes to seek out. They're like, "Hey, okay, uh, all right, let's go. Okay, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, Galadriel was right. 
Okay. <laughs> the evil is back. All right. Never mind. Go. We need to do something here. Let's go uh, talk to the talk to the the dwarves because uh, Asylum Brimbor has uh, an idea for this amazing forge that he needs to create that uh, that could make all sorts of powerful things and everyone would be a okay. So Elrond's like, well, I I know a guy. Uh, I know this, uh, the, the, uh, Prince Durian, we're old friends, and of course he'll welcome me in and we'll have a great time, but, uh, that's not exactly how it goes. He has to do a lot of sort of, like, parliamentary procedural, uh, stuff, you know, politicking to actually get in to see Prince Durian, and then when he does, uh, the prince is not too happy to see him, and in fact, because he had to invoke this ancient rite, they have to compete and of course, they're it's they're dwarves in a Tolkien story, so their uh, version of competition of endurance style competition is who can break the most rocks. Yeah, I mean it, it tracks, right? Like, what else are you axe throwing? Uh... I thought it would be like ale drinking, <laughs> but maybe that's too Indiana Jones. That's probably too uh, humorous, and they didn't want to do that. Because I, too, thought it was going to be a constitution test of them drinking. And I was going, in my head, I was like, damn, who would win in that? Like, between a dwarf and, a, and an elf. Because that's the that's the problem. Like, elves are just perfect in all the things. So I was just like, Whoa. So breaking rocks, I guess, makes sense. And it's a really cool hammer um, to do it. So, and eh, I mean, break some rocks, I guess. Yeah, and they they break a lot of rocks, but of course, uh, uh, you know, Elrond is not able to match a dwarf when it comes to breaking rocks because that's what they do, that's what a dwarf does. So uh, he is, uh, as his punishment for losing this challenge, he is banished forever from the land. But on his way out, he is able to convince Durin to to take him and to meet Durin's wife. To just apologize, he says, "Hey, I wish I could apologize," yeah, and uh, that is that is a request that is granted. I I, I like this interaction a lot uh, between I the two too. of them because I mean it, it again it kind of harkens to the fact that elves live forever and dwarves do not. So like twenty years to Elrond is nothing. Like it, it's like a blink in his eye, but to Prince Durin, it was like he got married, he had kids. Like, a lot of his life happened, and uh, right. it was missed by his friend, his quote-unquote friend. Yeah, and they seem like they are meant to be very good friends, uh, like, best friends. And the fact that that Elrond missed all of these events in Durian's life is just is unforgivable as far as he's holding a grudge uh, for real. Yeah. That was very well acted. This whole scene as well, like just oh, like yeah, again, just it, like because he said a lot. What the the actor was it? Uh, Owain Arthur, Arthur who played Prince Durin the Fourth, mm-hmm. said a lot with his face, more than oh, just yeah. with the lines. It was very expressive. Even though there's the first point where he showed up and his nose looked really bad, they fixed it. <laughs> but like I. <laughs> 
<laughs> he looked really bad the first time he showed up. You noticed a little bit of it you was, noticed a little bit of uh, something going on there. Yeah, like however it was being highlighted or something, it looked like it just didn't get like the, the makeup, um, the matches skin tone. So it was like like real. You can like, see the transition is what you're saying. Yeah, like you could see where they didn't blend in the edges enough. All the other ones are great, and you know what? I don't know how the hell they did the elf ears in this, but. It's amazing, um, the the elf ears prosthetics. So uh, I figured the drawers would look good, but when I saw them, I was like, mm, "Your nose yeah. looks real fake." I know well, that's not your nose. It. They did the, the <laughs> very like when they started breaking rocks was when they fixed it, but when he first showed up, that nose was real bad. I guess that was the best take they could uh, they could do. But uh, that of course we're talking about uh, Princess. Uh, now, do you remember how they pronounce this in the show? Dissa? Dysa? Disa? Oh, uh, that I do not remember. D-I-S-A. Uh, either way, she is fantastic. And I love the chemistry between Duran and her. And uh, I love that they kind of cast uh, people who are have a bit more of a stocky constitution it really makes their dwarvenness as like we whatever they're doing here they're using force perspective or cg to make them look smaller than they actually are uh but i really thought that the the people the actors proportions really lent very well to the uh the silhouette they were supposed to cut and it looked really authentic and awesome like i was like oh yeah it's like you know fantasy it's- this is a, a fantasy uh, thing i totally buy it it's not um it's also kind of not jarring because it it it's so seamless in terms of truly how they blend in the background that's it i also really appreciate the fact that uh, uh she had um facial hair a little bit like her sideburns mm-hmm. went a little further down because uh, for those who don't know and uh dwarf tolkien's yeah tolkien's, tolkien's dwarves, dwarves females have uh have facial hair have, that's, yeah that's canon yeah, I was like, all right, cool. So that, but she was a treat. That again, that whole dinner and them just kind of rekindling their Elrond and um, during rekindling their friendship, so to speak, and so he could propose this whole uh, potential alliance and stuff. Yeah, and the 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 story of how they both met, I thought was super cute. Yeah, I thought the whole interaction it was it, this was a nice change of pace. Um, and in, in building up like these characters mythos a little bit more than like I would even say the first episode didn't do as much. This was yeah. more about like, let's learn about, let's sit in with Elrond. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really, from like an artistic standpoint, I really love the design of uh, the, the actress, by the way, is named Sophia Nomvet, uh, who plays Dissa princess Dysa Disa. god i really wish i could remember every time i say Disa, i think i'm i'm about to like roll into a uh a gungan impression but uh but <laughs> truly her outfit is incredible from a costume design perspective she's got gold flecks in her hair she has beautiful gold eyes her hair is very uh is very dark which really makes all of that stuff pop and then she's got this gray and gold outfit uh, that sort of goes down from there. And it is just like it, the color blocking is incredible. 
the color pairing is incredible. And of course, if, when you think of dwarves, you think that of course they would be adorned in all sorts of gold, especially royalty. And uh, it really pulls that off in just an incredible way and uh, beautifully done. Love it. Yeah. Yep. I wonder though also if like some of the, I wonder how much is prosthetic in that, like changing their silhouette. I wonder if they pad them. I bet they do. They, they have to. They have to. You got to fool the shape. I don't think you could like skew morph <laughs> shit through FX that yeah. much. I, I was like giving there's... them credit for like like casting actors who would look good in that sort of. But I wonder they probably give them like shoulder pads and like pad them out a little bit just to really, just to really drive home the proportions and the silhouette they're going for. Yeah, you have to. You have to. And you know they did the same with all the other ones. Like, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean it's it's great casting. And um, yeah, I agree with you. Just it just in general, the like the costumes and everything is just so they're they're so well done. They are Truly. so well done. Yeah, and this one is really nice because you know you like to see like to your point the precious metals and everything that right. um, dwarves are definitely going to be mining and getting into and whatever was hidden in that box. You know their Pulp Fiction moment they even had. Uh, you know, that seems like some real precious stuff right there. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just looking up like some information to reference it for the the show, and like the first result when I put in Durian's name is "What's in Durian's box? What's in the box?" I mean, I have a guess. What's your guess? Shoot your shot. Uh, I think it's Mithril. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be. I think it's I mean, Mithril. What do the dwarfs have that is like? that is mythic in that way that's it. yeah mithril i think that's what it is super special rock you know we get to see it definitely in the other lord of the ring movies and uh mm-hmm. you know hobbit for sure so yeah i'm down i'm down with the uh, mithril because i don't think it's going to be one of the similar or whatever like the three floating relics of superpower as well because they don't have access to the cimmerillion so i don't think they could actually call that out so I'm going Mithril with that one. We'll, we'll see if uh, yeah. this series holds me to that. And who knows? That could like this series is called the Rings of Power. So we're going to see the forging of the Rings of Power and their distribution. So maybe that will play into that. Maybe they'll be part of of the forging of the Rings of Power. It is kind of cool to know. Like you, I love Galadriel in the show. I love the character, uh, and I'm really, I'm already on board to her quest. You know, reven- uh, avenging her brother, and of course, finding Sauron and putting the evil down once and for all. But we know because this is a prequel that she is deceived. Everyone is deceived, and so either they think they take Sauron out, uh, but like, I wonder. I wonder, like how they will present that in a way that will be satisfying because we know it's gonna happen and so it's like her quest will ultimately be a failure her quest will be completed by (laughs) hobbit which she would probably be like what well i think that's the that's the difference is we're going to see how she turns into the galandriel we know from like the exile the the exile the you know, kind of balancing between the seen and the unseen and, Mm -hmm. you know, more reserved. Like, I think we're going to see the tolls of like what revenge will cause. 
But we also oh, yeah. need to see her get married. Like, there's a bunch of things. Remember, she's got a husband and shit. So, like. Yeah, isn't her husband. Uh, according to this, they should have already been together, already married. So uh, we haven't seen him yet. So I don't know if they're speeding, mm. moving things around or how they're doing it or if they're even going to bother with that. Yeah, I don't care about a wedding. Don't care about that. <laughs> you can leave that out if you want. Uh, but it, it will be interesting to see how that they deal with that inevitability in a way that is satisfying. I wonder if we'll get multiple seasons of the show. Or it'll be more like a one and done. I mean, you have to like seven hundred and fifteen million dollars. I think. Uh, I think you're gonna try to get a couple shows out of that. At least a couple, couple seasons. Couple seasons. Yeah. Even though yeah. these episodes, just in general, are long. They like, are, and they're chock full of world building and lore. In a way that is satisfying so far, it'll it'll be interesting to see if that is exhausting. We should also mention that, of course, like uh, Galadriel decides, as you have you know because you've seen the movies later, you know she doesn't go into the West. She doesn't go in, uh, go home. Uh, she jumps off that boat, <laughs> which is always a great plan in a movie where it's like, what's your next plan? I was like, she must have some sort of plan. She's got like a magic flute. That she could uh, tootly toot on a flute and then, like, a, a dolphin comes and she rides the dolphin to the mainland. Nope. Her plan is just to jump off that boat and just start swimming. Uh, which eventually leads her to some very fun stuff. Yeah, we got, like, a... Uh, it, it's so fortuitous to be swimming along in the uh, ocean or an ocean and just come across another boat. Um, yeah, what are the odds of that, right? Like, maybe she's, is like, swimming towards shore. Maybe she knows sort of instinctively where to go, or at least she has, like, a, an incredible sense of direction, and that's why she runs into this boat. But it isn't, it's not even a boat. It is a collection of wreckage that is crudely roped together with something resembling a sail and populated by a bunch of sun-bleached, starving weirdos who are just like, don't let her on the boat! Oh, don't let her on the boat. She's an elf. Gross. And uh, sort of quick as you please, they get theirs. Because along comes a big old sea monster. Yeah, it's like a fish dragon or something. I don't know. I don't know what that thing was. I was hoping that we were going to get, like, her, like, jumping through its mouth, eviscerating it from the inside, and, like, bursting out its spine, going, yeah! But I guess swimming away from it makes a lot more sense yes yeah she just uh escapes and even though we get kind of a fake out later when she sees a silhouette in the fog uh it does not come back for the rest of the episode uh instead she meets some dude uh who will i imagine he is the person she meets is another per is a, another uh character that people think might be sauron <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a name that isn't known through the lore, so it feels like it was created for the at least created for the show. So yeah, he could be Sauron, he could be the King Ringwraith. Who knows who this person could be? He could just be dude. Uh I I have I I have no um I have really no good guesses for who he is. Cause it's no, like, right, for right now, he's just Wish.com Bradley Cooper. 
Yeah, that's uh, fair. That's fair. <laughs> and uh, they eventually do get to, somebody shows up with the sun as a head, like the the sun is just shining around their their skull and, and obscure, totally occluding it. So it just looks like they have. It just looks like the poster to the thing uh, has showed up on a boat, but you have to assume that they get rescued after all of their trials and or tribulations. And uh, and aside from, we already mentioned the the uh, fireflies dying, so that kind of happens at the end too, but that's the second episode. And uh, we're left wondering what will happen next. So I have to ask John, what are your first impressions of this show? Eh, it's a show. Um, a very tepid response by John. Yeah. Well, so I've been really thinking about it, you know, because we've also been talking about like prequels as of late and how just yep. in general, you know, like prequels aren't that satisfying. But I feel like unlike uh, House of the Dragons, which really doesn't interest me because it's only like, what, maybe like 100, 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones or whatever. Who knows? Like, I'm not even sure. And I don't care. That just feels like it's too close since this takes place in the second age. And the characters that they're going to focus on weren't really big focuses of the Lord of the Ring books anyway. Like, they were important, yes, but, you know, like, they weren't, like, the main drivers of the story at that point. They left it for the Hobbits. Uh, I'm kind of okay with forgiving this one as, like, uh, from that prequel sense, um, where I'm like, ugh, it's a prequel, I don't like it. Instead, I'm like, yeah, this is okay. Um... I need more. I kind of need to ingest a little bit more to get a good sense of what I felt about it. Um, I think visually, like like I said, you can tell this is the most expensive TV show ever made. It looks amazing. And it's very, like, it, it, it is very well done in that regards. In terms of the story and stuff, uh, there are some A plots I like. I like the Galadriel stuff. I like the Elrond stuff. Because it's really cool to see Celebrim Boar um, and the Forging of the Rings. But though I like Hot Elf, I don't really know what that's going to bring. So I'm, I'm waiting to see what generates from that. So right now, I'm like, it's good. But it's not like something that makes me like, I can't wait till, you know. Unlike She-Hulk, where I want to watch She-Hulk on a Thursday. I don't know if I need to watch this exactly the day it comes out uh interesting and a, a good take i would say um for me i'm in the camp of uh i really loved the first two episodes uh after the first episode was done i i was thinking about initially before i sat down to watch it i thought maybe uh because they were both as you said they were both quite long so i thought maybe we'll watch one episode tonight and then tomorrow night we'll watch the other one but as soon as that first episode finished, I had to to uh, move on to the next one. I was so curious about what they were going to do. And uh, I think for me, the Lord of the Rings movies were such a big deal to me at the time and still are, really, the, one of my favorite movie experiences of all time, at least at the time. Um, and... Uh, so this felt very, it had that f movie flavor, and it did felt, feel very much like it was related to the movie, at least stylistically, and in tone, and, and in the music. 
And sort of for that reason, and also because I really am enjoying the performances that I'm seeing and even the characters that I'm not too familiar with from the lore, I'm still liking what they're doing. It still feels Tolkien-y to me. Uh, for all those reasons, I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm going to... My first impressions are very positive. I'm very excited about the show, and I'm very excited to see what they do next. Uh, I My expectations were not necessarily that high i thought the trailers looked cool but i was very skeptical of this whole endeavor and i have to say that i i was it was very it exceeded my expectations and then some so can't wait to see ooh what they do next and of course as we do when this uh show r- wraps up we'll be back at you with kind of our thoughts about the whole thing we'll just uh we'll talk about how the series turned out and how we thought about it um, i mean I mean, I'll put it like this. I am definitely more interested in what happens in this than I was in, in I don't even, I know they're both fantasy. I really hate comparing the two, but I'm more interested in what happens in this than definitely what happens in House of the Dragons. Like I said, I can literally give two Nazgul farts to mm-hmm. what happens in that uh, yeah. that show. But this one, I'm like, let's see where it goes and, um, you know, go from that. So... And my expectations were non-existent. It was either I was going to like it or not. And like this is like, okay, cool. At least there's another show for me to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good points. But uh, John, as a wait, let's, we're going to wrap it up here. But before we do, we wanted to give you out there a little treat. And that's right. We're going to list our top five Lord of the Rings characters. And I have to make a confession right now. When I wrote this down in my notes, I wrote down tops of the top five Lotro characters. And of course, Lotro is the abbreviation for the Lord of the Rings online game and not Lord of the Rings in general. So I think there you a, go. I mean, it, okay, that. I'll confess. I wrote that shorthand for my episode notes. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm well, there you go. I'm in good company. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, I know what it is, and that's the most important part when I'm reading this. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I thought this would be fun. Yeah. So let's. Well, how about John? Let's. Why don't you start us off? Why don't you give me your number five Lord of the Rings character? All right. So uh, just for the folks paying attention, we're going movies or books. Mm-hmm. I either or. Um, not necessarily. Everything's. You could even pick someone from the uh, Shadow of Middle-Earth game. You know, those characters, they, the new characters they made up. Yeah, I picked Goblin Bonebreaker the Thor. No, I don't yep. know. Face Sunderer. Yeah. You know, my number five character is Elrond's daughter herself, Arwen. Mm, nice. I love Arwen. Always loved Arwen. I think it's a good name. Uh, the character was Boss. Um you know, and really her choice at the end to kind of live among the mortals and become mortal instead of being able to go to Valinor and be like, oh, well, I live here forever later. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like super commendable. And um, I think in the movies, Liv Tyler played her well, yeah, especially when she's on like, you know, horse holding Frodo and the, the the ring rates are there. And she's like, if you want them, come and take them type of shit. I was like, oh, this is a badass. This is what we need. This is what we need. So my number five is Arwen. Arwen. Yeah. What a great number five. Uh, 
And guess what? It's my number five as well. Ooh. Oh, burr, 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 burr. oh, I got it. Hold up. I got, you got it. it. You got it. Wait, wait, okay. And I got one more to add to it. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Yeah. Great. Too bad I already drank my old speckle in. I'd take a shot, too. Yeah, I'm all done with the Ring of Power cocktail as well. Uh, but yeah, for all the reasons you said and more, a fantastic character. And I said, I think especially in the movies, uh, even in compared to the books, uh, I think they've made her even cooler. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so she gets my number five spot. Well, if that's your number five, what is your number four? Oh, boy. Well, this is, I think my number four is going to be a bit controversial, but I hope that everyone out there listening remembers that when you're in the top five, it's you're all good. winning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we just spoke of Arwen. So my number four is Strider himself, Aragorn. Oh, okay. the, uh, yeah, that's probably... the The future king. Yeah, that's all. Okay. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> number, arguably the main character of the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, or, or at the very least, one of them. Aragorn uh, does uh, all sorts of cool crap, and especially in the movies when he leads that ghost army and makes the bends them to his will, and they become an OP force that basically wins the war. Well, I'm elective king. Well, hell yeah, me too. Especially you got a ghost army. <laughs> That's commitment. Like that's right. Picture that level of recruitment. Like just getting normal people is one thing, but getting ghosts to fight for you in a in a mountain super tomb. Yeah, that's that's so, enough. So there you go. My number four, Aragorn, aka Strider, aka the last chief of the Rangers of the North. All right, okay, Aragorn, number four. Well. What you got for number My four? number four is a bit of a cheat. Oh. Okay. Because okay. this to me is a package deal. You don't get one without the other. But I had to include some hobbits. Hobbits is on my list. Mm-hmm. And two of my favorite, and this might be controversial, because it's it's not a Frodo. It's not a Bilbo. Nope. It's Marion Pippin. Oh, wow. The aforementioned Marion Pippin. I love these two, especially, I mean, I love them in the movies, uh, full stop, but I love them in the books, especially like, because they're so scared and timid to leave the Shire. And, you know, the thing is we get to watch the hobbits grow mm-hmm. and, um, you know, become especially like, them, but they're we so see, naive. exactly like, you know, they're full of a tooks, you know, so to speak. And they're just. They're just silly, but they have to learn to mature. And then, like in the books, when they're like hanging out with the ants, and then they're drinking that ant drought, right? A little ant beer, and mm-hmm. they just get bigger and buffer. So they're like the biggest, toughest hobbits that currently exist. That just was so cool. And but I feel like you have to, you can't have one without the other. It's like you can't be like, well, I'm more of a Mary, uh, Mary stand versus a Pippin. No, I feel like they are a package deal. And please yeah, don't get I me wrong. That's fair. You know, Samwise and Frodo are really cool. Samwise in the movie is he, he Sean Aston get my ass to tear up with some of the stuff he does in that. But in terms of like my favorite hobbits, Aaron Pippin. That's my four. 
Yeah. Good choice. Always a good choice. Uh, but let's not tarry. We're into the top three. We're in the end ga- game now, Tony the Iron Man. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you told... Don't tell that moth that shit. Uh, but let's hear your number three. Well, I'm whispering my number three to go fly to you. Okay. My number three, and this will probably be controversial as well, but he's in the top five, so it's all win, is Gandalf the Grey or the White. Either one. He definitely knows how to party. Um, When you're at the Shire and he's around with his fireworks, you're going to have a good time. But my number three is Gandalf. Well played. You better play that horn, because my number three is also Gandalf. Oh, snap. That's right. Perfect. (laughs) That one was a misclick, and then I clicked it anyway. Well, that's good. I mean, I feel like it's a good, uh, it's a good addition. But yeah, Gandalf the Great for me. Caveat, just to your rating, mine is specifically Gandalf the Gray, not Gandalf the White, because he gets a little aloof when he becomes Gandalf the White. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Gray fan. I mean, Uh, it's just, it's just Gray is just dirty white, you know what I mean? That's just what Gray is. It's just a little charcoal in there, you know, whatever. I mean, when he's running over in the movies, when he's going over the hill and he's got the horse, he's got he's you're like, whoa, Gandalf's gonna mess some stuff up. That's true, uh, yeah. But to be fair, the the figurine that I have on my back shelf is of Gandalf the Grey. It's the more iconic look. Yeah, it's totally. got the hat. All anyway, but uh, that's right. Gandalf the Grey, originally called a Lorreen or Orlorin, uh, and he was the wisest of all the Maiar or the Maya. Uh, and uh, yeah, gotta put Gandalf on there. He's awesome and played so incredibly in the movies as well. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, but now we're down to number two, the top two, the two, the gold and silver medalists, and my number two. You spoke of hobbits before. The hobbits are coming back for my number two, Samwise Gamgee, specifically the one from the movie. Hobbit of the Shire, God of Gumption, I say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when... Frodo could no longer psychically carry that ring because of the toll it had taken it on. You better believe that Sam carried him. And truly, you could argue, he carried him through the entire movie. Oh, easy. Oh, and I mean, the growth of the character in the books, but in the movies, yeah, no, he's a great character. Yeah, that whole, like, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you, and just picking him up and you're just like, oh my god, this dude who was just like, you know, kind of annoying in the beginning, turned into such a hero in his own right. Yeah, good good call. Good call. Yeah, an incredible character and one of my favorites. Uh, they are uh, my number two, but John, how about your number two? So, I am picking... My number two captured me when I first read the book. I stick with it. He's only been seen in the books, but we sang one of his famous songs that might not be real. Well, my favorite <laughs> At least part of it is. Part of it is, <laughs> is Tom Bombadil. He, Great choice. It's he's so weird. And like these two quotes are the things that I remember 
right? He when he, they ask him what he is, he's like eldest. That's what I am. Tom remembers the first raindrop and the first acorn. He knew the dark under the stars when it was fearless before the Dark Lord came from the outside. So like this is hinting that Tom Bombadil's been around. Like you know, he's just like this old coot kind of running his little countryside area, but he's been around. And the other one is old Tom Bombadil is a merry fellow. Bright blue his jacket is and his boots are yellow. None have ever caught him yet. For Tom, he is the master. His songs are stronger songs, and his feet are faster. Just like, what is this guy? What is? What, why isn't he going there? He doesn't even care about the ring of power. He does. He's like, <laughs> he's like, whatever, you know. And they mention like, man, this ring of power might like Sauron might be able to beat Tom, and Tom's kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just. Like, he just captured my imagination, and I was not expecting it. And especially someone kind of singing in song and rhyme. You just kind of go, eh. But uh, Tom Bombadil, number two. Brilliant. But how about your number one, the top of the pops? What could it be? My number one is already made an appearance on your list. Mr. Strider himself, Aragorn. I, I love Aragorn as a character. The movie version, like Vigo Morrison, did such an admirable job. Uh, just like a badass through and through. His character, the books, that's the other thing, looks really good for someone who's like 125 years old. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. He's looking pretty good. Like, he's done some things, but so, like, just such a dope character. And then, you know, like, to your point, Return of the King, with, like, Frodo and them, they did it, and they're doing that whole celebration thing. And, like, the hobbits start to bow, you know, and he goes over and he tells them, like, no, you bow to no one, and they all bow. You know, like Aragorn is a character. That was what he was going to do. Like he does, he he understands the sacrifice I made mm-hmm. to do this. And like to your point, rode in with a ghost army, whoops some ass. You know, wielded, reforged, uh, Narsal, like all this shit. Never Bomb tried it. to take the ring. <laughs> Never tried to take the ring. Exactly. Like, and he probably could have done some good stuff with the ring, but he is, he like, he's like the best dude. Like if, like I would want him, like if we went out drinking, I for sure want him watching my back. Yeah. Right. Very good point. An amazing character. Great choice for your number one. The second figure on the shelf right next to Gandalf is Aragorn. So there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my number one, but, uh. Mr. DJ, what's yours? All right. My number one coming at you live from 105.5.3. That's right. Uh, My number one is, crazily enough, also made an appearance on this list. That's right. It's Tom Bombadil. What? Oh, snap. I'll play that. I won't do the all we do is win, but I'm glad he made your list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, heck yeah. 
One of my favorite, so my favorite book from the uh, trilogy is Fellowship of the Ring. And one of my favorite passages or chapters or sections of Fellowship of the Ring is when they go into the old forest. Something that is not represented in any really way, shape, or form in the movie. And the old forest is just one of the coolest areas on Middle Earth. It's just possibly ancient and filled with horrible magic. And it's everything's trying to kill you. The aforementioned old man Willow is in there as well. But then also, in all this like horrible forest that is constantly trying to trick you and lead you astray and, and uh, put you to sleep, uh, lives this delightful character that even J.R.R. Tolkien himself leaves highly just uh, mysterious. And Tom it, like has incredible power in his like local area of, of influence in the, this old forest, and he lives right next to the Boro Downs. And one minute he'll be like banishing evil wraiths to to like the knee the uh, to like some other dimension, and then the next minute he'll be tromping around in his very questionable fashion choices, uh, singing a song. So it's like this weird god character who just kind of doesn't choose to be involved in the greater goings on of the of Middle Earth, and is one of the characters I've wanted to see adapted so much, but pretty much everyone i've talked to in the entertainment industry and and also all the articles that i've read has have said this is just like an impossible character to make cool i mean i don't know how you do him justice where it makes sense sure yeah because yeah he is such a, a, a he's an odd enigma but it's such a it's just a weird choice but he's he is a wonderful character and that's the part of the book that like i said starts to pick up like the minute they leave the shires when like it becomes less perfunctory like tome and more like story and yeah that's mm-hmm. you know this is like the first character yeah to you like you said he just doesn't care what's going on he's like oh yeah i know you got that ring i don't care yeah <laughs> and he feels like he could probably fix everything or at least be a powerful ally and he's like eh, you know i'm hanging out with goldberry she's super cool yeah, we're just and we're just gonna here. have this amazing house that, when Tolkien describes it, just seems like the coziest place in the entire world. So yeah, he is my number one. One of those characters I just kind of think about once a year. <laughs> Where's what's what's going on with old Tom Bombadil? Yeah, what's he doing? Probably nothing and having a good yeah. time. Maybe that's where my lust of wanting to do nothing in life comes from. Yeah, uh, it's it's a real. You're just your aspirations are Bombadilian. Yeah, I just want to just like. What do you want to do? Live in a bomb ass house. And if I want to go out, I'll go out. If I don't, I don't. And it's okay. And there's no responsibilities. I just get to enjoy my time. And yeah, I want to live that bombadil life. Yeah. Gotta. Yeah. yeah let's. <laughs> we could all aspire to be bombadil esque. Uh, well, there it is. There's our top five. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope. And I hope you enjoyed our thoughts on the new The Rings of Power series from Amazon. Um, and uh, special thanks to Jeff Bezos. Uh, one funny thing uh, uh, that uh, I read about him is that he put out that very passive-aggressive note thanking the uh, thanking the creative heads of the Lord of the Rings show for not taking his notes, which I would kill to see now that, that we know that they were like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he'd be. So I think there should be a bunch of blue vans. Um, that pepper the land, you see. Yeah. 
Huh? What if Meteor Man crashes in a big dick rocket? <laughs> That'd be cool as hell. Um, that's what I imagine uh, uh, Bezos sounds like. Honestly, um, that sounds correct because I don't. I cannot tell you what his voice sounds like. Yeah, like I, I look yeah, at no him and be like Lex Luthor. Yeah, but other than that, I couldn't but tell like you what this. It's yeah. me, Lex Luthor. It's yeah. like John Cryer, Lex Luthor. Uh, except yeah. worse. Yeah, well, that's yeah, but he can he can hella get me a package. So uh, yeah, well, I'm liking the show. So you know, that's why I say special thanks. Even though he gets a lot of guff on the show, including the <laughs> including the intro. Um, but that is going to do it for us this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. And without further ado, take it away, Forrest the Translucent. A big thank you to Burton M6 for all the incredible music on our show. You can find a link to his Fiverr page in our show notes. You can also find links to our social media, Discord, and merch store in our show notes as well. Just click that Pico link. From us here at Pop Saga to all of you out there, we want to say thank you for joining us. Your support means the world. We hope that you're feeling happy and healthy, and we'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. Now here's John with one last bit of sage advice before we say goodbye. Thanks, Forrest the Translucent. That's me. Remember, folks, be it by water, wood, and hill, by reed and willow, by fire, sun, and moon, hearken now and hear us. Pop Saga will be coming back. Oh, man, I ruined that rhyme screen. Thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go.